anything that's happening, it's a two-way conversation because the stylist is just as excited as I am excited about this. I would say that like the stylist and the community gave me a sense of purpose and they gave me the reason why I wanted to keep doing what I do. You're listening to Untamed, a podcast dedicated to empowering you, the lash artist, while providing insights on how to achieve success that is as individual and unique as you are. Each episode, me, Cheryl, and me, Anne-Marie, share our best information openly, without reservation. We discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds for the lash industry. So grab a snack and your comfiest sweater, and get ready to geek out with your new lash BFFs. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe! Hey, Lash friends, and welcome back to the Untamed Podcast. This is Anne-Marie, and today I have the most special guest with me. Well, it's not actually a guest, but can you guess who it is? Welcome back to our founder and the host of this podcast, Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I've never had an introduction before. It's nice getting an introduction. Yeah, I can get used to this. Well, welcome. And I know we have another special guest with us and we'll get into that in just a minute. It is so lovely to have you back on. I know you've had quite a beautiful journey over the last few months. Can you tell our listeners what's new in your world? Well, what's new is that I'm now a morning person. Uh, Never really quite been a morning person before, but I now wake up around seven, eight o'clock in the morning. I also am cleaning a lot more than I used to. And then also, what else? Oh, I'm constantly a little sticky. I'm a little (laughs) wet, you know? So that's what's new. (laughs) For those of you who have been a mother, you've probably already guessed what's new. And for those of you who haven't, this is kind of a glimpse of motherhood. But in the past few months, while on August 1st, my baby girl Avery arrived early. Uh, So I've been a mother since then. And that's why you guys haven't really heard from me on this podcast. And today, our special guest that's with me is Avery. (laughs) (laughs) So shy to the mic. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Well, Cheryl and Avery, thank you so much for being with me today. As you know, Untamed Artistry is celebrating its third birthday on November 15th and a huge innovation launch on November 14th. So I just had to grab a bit of your time today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on here because I know that like still newborn, like finding time in your schedule has got to be quite difficult. Yeah. I In the last week, I've watched a movie, but it will all split into chunks of five to 10 minutes that I just like watch in between or like <laughs> 30 minutes was like the most I watched continuously of the movie. It took me a week to finish it. So that's my life now. <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm so like happy for you. It's been so nice, like seeing the photos and the videos and following along your journey. Although sometimes you don't get to post as much and I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I post whenever I can. And honestly, it's been a really, really enjoyable journey. And it's crazy to think about how like UA is turning three. I am entering this new chapter or this new season of my life. It just seems like Three years ago, Cheryl would be so like mind blown just knowing like where she would be today. So yeah, I'm actually really excited for this episode. I always like a good walk down a memory lane. So let's do this. Well, let's get into it. Now, before we get into the innovation part of this episode, I want to go down a little bit of memory lane with you. Can you tell us about your ambitions when founding Untamed Artistry and how has this journey developed over the last last three years? Oh, wow. Three years ago. What was I even thinking three years ago? (laughs) Well, my ambition for developing UA was really developing a brand that, you know, I can see myself being a part of a community that I can see myself being a part of. At the time before I started UA, there wasn't really a brand that's A for the Canadian artists in terms of quality and cost. And then secondly, there wasn't really a community that I felt like I really fit in or resonated with a lot. So I thought, hey, I can't be the only one that's feeling that way. Like maybe I should create it myself. And this community that I wanted is kind of driven by a few set of values. One is kindness, right? Kindness in terms of generosity and sharing information and knowledge to help one another and kindness in how we treat each other. Because 
I think that those of you who've been around this industry for a while, you would know that sometimes this industry can get a little competitive and maybe it can feel a little isolating. So I just thought that, you know, kindness was a value that was really important to me and was also a value that I was trying to relearn and unlearn a lot as well. So I wanted to kind of share that experience with everyone, which is not just being nice, but it's like being kind. And we had an episode talking about this before, you know, and then the second set of value is fun. I wanted this to be fun. I thought that, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, YOLO, right? Um, If you're only going to live once, why not live it in the most fulfilling way possible? I truly believe that you can have passion, you can have money, you can have abundance, and you can have fun. So fun was a really important value that I wanted to implement it with the UA brand, which is why you guys can see it in our packaging, our brand voice, as well as just the color choices that we have. Although we have gone through a little bit of rebranding since then, the color has matured a little bit, but it still has color in it. Where in an industry that was predominantly like neutral, black and white, vogue, high fashion, I really wanted this element of fun to stand out. And also it just feels a lot more authentic for me to present myself as a brand in the way that's like most authentic to me, which is having these fun elements. And then the last one is community. And the community is not just, you know, outward with all the lash artists, but also inwards with the team that we have as well. Being somebody who's kind of a lone wolf for a lot of my life in the career that I've chosen and just like, you know, my life experience, I really wanted a place that feels like home, a place that feels accepted for however you are, authentically you, And then I also wanted the people that we work together truly love what they do as well. I didn't want to contribute to the culture of clocking in, clocking out. I wanted to build an environment, a work environment for people that truly love what they do in the role that they're in. So that's like the community piece. And I guess last piece ties into this whole conversation that we're about to have a little bit more as well. It's innovation. You know, being a huge nerd myself, I just love understanding how and why something works, which is kind of how UA's approach has always been, not just very surface level of this is how everyone do it, especially in an industry that is mostly uh, private labeling. I want to disrupt that by adding innovation into it, or at least looking at the problem from a fresh perspective and then providing products that really truly solves a problem for our artists rather than this is what manufacturer offered us in their catalog. And I'm just choosing shape one with color B, you know? So innovation plays into a huge part as well. Being like this nerdy brand, I think that people, I think it's safe to say that like people look to UA as like, you know, a trusted source, like a study buddy, you know, somebody who you know, like if you were to copy their homework, like <laughs> you're going to get good grades. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we do all the studying, right, for our community. And then we help them shortcut their experience and their journey as an artist so they can focus more on their business and their artistry rather than, you know, struggling, trying to make sense of everything. This is amazing. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's so beautiful and empowering. So in terms of how this ambition and vision has changed and evolved over the past three years, I would say that it's matured. It's slowly coming to fruition in a lot of different aspects. And it hasn't been the easiest journey, as you know, as a CEO now of the company. You know, you came into the company actually at like, you know, our growing pain and a rough patch. And a lot of what we do, it's something that feels a little bit vague and ambitious. And it really needed us to figure out how to accomplish that in a like you know a sustainable way as well as in a tangible way as well cuz you can talk about dreams and ambition all the time but it's really hard to like you know really put that into action what a team culture should look like what does our community really mean but i think that we're getting so close now like we're at the point where we really it's like a human self reflect and they get to a point where they get to learn who they are and know what they want and i think that as UA, as a brand, we are going through that and we're kind of learning more about who we are as well. And I think that there's also more 
extra value added to our brand that maybe wasn't very front of mind, but aligned with our core value of kindness, which is sustainability. This has been a conversation that we have a lot more since you've joined the team. Something that I feel like maybe I haven't really thought much about, but if you really think about it, it is also goes back to kindness. So we have a lot more conversation about sustainability, not just the products we put out, the packaging, but also what it means as a brand and what it means in the industry. So yeah, we've really like, you know, glowed up and, you know, and the rebranding, right? Like aesthetically, we've glowed up as well. So it's been quite a journey and a very fast paced journey. It's only three years. I have to like tell stylists this. They're not always so sure. They're like, oh, you know, how long has UA been around? And I tell them and they're like, really, that's it. Just because we are moving, we are shaking, you know, we're glowing up, we're doing all these things. And, you know, in a very short amount of time, we've realized that there are things that we want to do differently. We want to innovate. And even though it's not in the industry yet, we didn't care. We went right in on that. And that's very unique for a young brand, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I think that as a young brand, even though it seems so intuitive to us to be the one that breaks the mold and be the one that set the trends. But I think that being in the industry like our industry, A, it's small and B is that there's not a ton of room for crazy innovation. And we all are kind of self-made entrepreneurs. A lot of brand owners are self-made entrepreneurs. So that means we don't necessarily have the resources and the experience as well-established brands in other industry to go into R&D. So I think that innovation is not often seen in our industry because of that reason. But I'm really, really glad that, you know, you have really taken on that. It's something that you're passionate about. So that really helps us like steer us into that direction of innovation. Well, thank you, Cheryl. Your just encouragement, trust, and you know, full support is really how we can do it. And you've built such a good team at UA as well. That the whole team is well aligned on it. They all want to bring these visions to life and they they definitely work very hard and <laughs> towards these things. Now I have another like interesting kind of question for you. I'm almost like, should I ask? Because I'm curious, do you have a favorite thing about the UA brand? And what are you most proud of accomplishing in our industry? Ooh, that's a tough question. Like, that's like saying, asking, like, you know, what's your favorite <laughs> thing about your child? You're just like, I love everything about Avery. Exactly. <laughs> um, I do love everything about UA, um, despite the hardships that we've experienced. But I think my favorite thing about UA is its resilience. Mm, good answer. Can you explain more on that? Yes. So anyone who have been shopping from us would know and anyone who started a brand and been in the industry would know that creating a great product line in this industry with consistencies and quality isn't the easiest thing. And UA has this fair share of hurdles and obstacles in creating a really amazing lash line. And this is why oh, we have done recalls before when I first launched. We have been out of stock for a while because of product not living up to our expectations. All of these things, despite these difficulties, never once did we back down and say, okay, we'll take subpart products. All right, we'll just it's better to have something than have nothing. We've always respected our customers so much and we wear that responsibility with pride when we speak to our manufacturer, when we talk among our teams. So for this reason, the fact that we can still be here, stick to our integrity, but continuously work on bringing the product that lives up to our standard, which I know the bar is extremely high, takes a lot of resilience. So I would say that the resilience of the company, it's my favorite thing about UA, the resilience of the team. You know, I know that being able to share a lot of disappointing news with a group of people and still look at each other and be like, let's keep doing this. Let's keep going. Let's keep trying speaks volume for the company and the team. So yeah, that would be my favorite thing about UA. I think your integrity with product development and what we sell is the absolute best thing Ever. You know, it's something I align really well with. And it's, it's not easy, like you said. So I want to dive into that a little bit later because I don't think everyone really knows. And I think that we need to talk about your journey 
in that a little more. But first, I also want to know, like, what are you most proud of accomplishing in the industry? What impact do you feel like Untamed Artistry has made? I think my most proud accomplishment in this industry with the company is that, I don't know if you noticed this, but maybe in my small world in the industry, I really felt like I spearheaded the movement of sharing knowledge openly, sharing information openly and giving people reasons, incentives and encouragement and all of that and setting an example of what abundance mindset would look like in our industry. Where we, prior to, I think, UA, I feel like our industry had a very scarcity mindset. Some of the biggest educators that I've actually personally mentored have completely shifted their mindset to from that scarcity, you must pay me for every penny of my knowledge, to like now openly share as much as they can because what they're focusing on now is impact. And I think that if I somehow have something to do with that, that would be like my most proud accomplishment. I agree. I think that not only in my own opinion, but from hearing from our stylist community who's been with us since 2019, they definitely feel that way. We get so many comments, so many messages saying like, UA shares, you guys actually respond to me. You guys actually help me through the situations and they love it. And it's something that I love too. And sometimes stylists are very taken back by it because they might message and they feel bad because they're having like a little bit of a hiccup and they're not so sure to message. And then we greet them. (laughs) We meet them where they're at and we give them tips. And they're like, wait a minute. I wasn't expecting to actually be helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so sad to think that. It's so sad. Yeah. I just had a message like that last night and I was like, oh, like I was really taken back by the stylist, like how she had never really been treated that way before when she's reached out to someone. So I think that it's a big movement, a big shift in the industry in the last few years. And I remember like a lot of controversy around you for putting out information. And what's funny is the information you put out, there's still so much more that we could get into. Exactly. Yeah. You know, now it's not even, now it's table stake. If you want to be an influencer in the industry, you want to be an educator in this industry, you want to be a brand in the industry, it's table stake that you have to be able to share. You have to be able to show me what you're about and what you know before I invest my hard-earned money into your program, your training, your products, right? But you're right. Like, it's funny to think back not that long ago, I was a controversy in the industry. I was someone who got hated on a lot for, you know, doing what I do. But I'm really glad that this good idea survived and that people started realizing the value behind it, whether they do it because, you know, it's just, it's for monetary gain or because it's more fulfilling to, you know, be generous in your business and knowing that you can still make profit, if not more profit from being like that. I think that, you know, it's a really like a good feeling to me. So I'm really glad that artists look to us and know that we're somebody that can really help them because as you put it best, we are a company that's people before profit. And that people is our community. It's our lash artists. And those are the people who really support brands like us. So before I think I got into the industry, there was a little bit more of a backward relationship where brand was put on a pedestal, right? And artists would try very hard to get their attention. Whereas UA kind of rewrite that narrative where we're like, no, no, no. First of all, it's mutual respect. Secondly, anyone who's doing good work, anyone who's putting you know, the effort into their business deserves the spotlight, deserves the platform, right? Yeah, I'm really glad that we are a brand that's doing that. How has the support of the UA stylist community changed your life? Well, first of all, they are the reason why we're, we're here. And True. they're the reason why I kept going in this company. Because like I said, resilience, right? It's the thing that I'm most proud of. But the people who provided me the courage to be resilient was the stylists. They are the one that every single DM that comes into our inbox, every long message, people pouring their heart out, telling me the impact that you know I or the brand have made on their career or on their personal life is the reason why I keep going despite the millions of disappointment that I get from manufacturer, many, many hiccups that we have. I keep going because these people tell me what I do is impacting them in a positive way. 
So a while ago, like when I was building UA, I was always the person in the DM, right? I was responding to every message. I was responding to everything. And I was working like 12-hour days at the time. And I didn't feel tired. I obviously, I know that that's not mentally healthy in the long run and sustainable, which I've personally experienced the consequences after with a burnout. But it always lifted me up. No matter how hard things are, it's going into the DM talking to people who makes me feel seen, talking to people who makes me, tells me that like, you know, keep going, keep doing what you do. And that's been really, really important to me. And when I started taking a step back from the DM, because, you know, my plate was so full, the DM I thought was the place where I should first outsource like my work. I started to feel less and less encouraged when things are hard. I feel like my community were the people that I vented to. One of the things that I have to say that building UA has never been a one-way conversation, has always been a two-way conversation. Even if I'm going through hardship, even if we're experiencing product issues or we're going through a new launch, anything that's happening, it's a two-way conversation because the stylist is just as excited as I am excited about this. I would say that like the stylist and the community gave me a sense of purpose and they gave me the reason why I wanted to keep doing what I do. And then they also bring me questions that maybe I don't experience myself. So it kind of fed my curiosity and it allowed me to continue to search for cool and interesting knowledge and information in the industry. I love that. I feel like the Silas community is so sweet. I love having those conversations in the DMs too. And even just today, we got this really sweet message and I was like, this is exactly what I needed to like keep pushing through to this new innovation launch. Like you guys are honestly the best. And as I'm out and about in the Lash community at different events or little meetups, artists come up to me all the time and they always ask like, how did Cheryl do it? How did she keep going? How did she hire staff? How did she, how did she, how did she? Can you share with us your best advice for any female beauty entrepreneur out there? I would say my best advice, it's only, first of all, the caveat here is that my best advice is the best advice for me and for my journey. So take everything I say with a grain of salt and you should take all advice with a grain of salt. With that being said, I want to share with you guys what did work really well for me that I think is being a generalist. There's a book called Range, if you guys are ever interested to read more about it. Growing up, I've always been criticized or, you know, shamed for being somebody who can't hold an interest long enough. Just my grandma used to say this Chinese saying is that like, I have like a three minute temperature or something like that, the literal translation. But essentially, you can also translate it to ADHD. But I think that, you know, when I read this book, I felt so seen. It showed me that being an entrepreneur, you don't need to be a specialist it's actually a lot more valuable to be a generalist. So specialist is somebody who takes in one area of expertise and then dive very, very deep and they grow in depth. So they grow vertically. They keep diving deeper and deeper into that one topic and one specialty that they have. And a lot of the time, those are in our world called the artists, right? You get really good at your crafts. You learn all the different styles of lashing and you know you nail your retention, right? But being a generalist, you grow in width rather than depth. So what that means is that you kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. You learn a little bit of everything. And yes, you're not going to be an expert in one specialty, but being an entrepreneur, especially beauty entrepreneur, when you're starting up your business, you have to wear so many hats. You are your social media manager. You are your accountants, you're your bookkeepers, you are your artists, you're your trainer, you are everything in your company, in your brand, right? So being a generalist gives you a lot of an edge because now you know a little bit of everything just enough to get you started, just enough to kind of get you to cover all your bases in your business, but also gives you enough information that when it comes time to outsource and delegate, you are outsourcing and delegating with, you know, intentions and with enough information where you don't get scammed and that you can have a good filter and judgment for the people that you're hiring. But if you knew nothing of what you are supposed to do, like let's say an area that I think a lot of people get taken advantage of in our industry, it's in Facebook ads, right? If you knew nothing about Facebook ads, Facebook ad managers are extremely expensive. 
because of complexity of Facebook ads, right? So it's very easy that you can pay someone upwards of fifteen hundred to like three thousand dollar a month just managing your ad account, and that's not your budget that you spend on ads. If you didn't know anything about Facebook ad at all, that is a very easy way to blow fifteen hundred to three thousand dollar and not seeing results. And they can simply tell you reasons like, "Oh, it's too competitive." Oh, the whatever this isn't working out. That isn't working. There are way too many reasons for you to not even understand why it doesn't work out, but it sounds like it does. They string a bunch of technical terms together, you know. So. That's what I would say. I've been a huge preacher of being a generalist, and I think that you know, being an entrepreneur, being a generalist, it's a little bit more advantageous than being a specialist. And that leads to like, I guess, complementary advice is that learn to outsource and delegate as early as possible. As soon as you learn the basic of something, and if it's not worth your time. Start outsourcing and delegating. To give you guys like a practical tip, I think how you think about it is assign yourself your hourly a rate, right? Whatever you think. If you, let's say you're lashing and you believe that your hourly rate it's about a hundred dollars an hour, right? Minus all your costs and all that stuff, your labor costs is about a hundred dollars an hour. You think about this. You think about your time as a hundred dollars an hour at work, and when you have to do something else, let's say. It's about social media. Let's say it's about bookkeeping. Any other task that doesn't bring you joy and you don't genuinely enjoy doing it, or is just very tedious and time-consuming, think about how much it costs to outsource it to someone else. So, if outsourcing bookkeeping is twenty-five dollars an hour, your hourly rate is a hundred dollars an hour. You are always supposed to outsource that work so that you are getting the work done at a quarter of the price. If we're putting dollar value into your time, so that's another advice that I kind of took on very early on. So, which is why, as much as I love packing packages, like you know, I love making neat fold like corners and like you know, my OCD just gets super satisfied. I had to hold myself back. It's a restraint that I had to put on myself and say that I shouldn't be spending my time to pack packages because my time it's. Way more valuable spent on strategy, spent on other things, managing and such. So once in a while, I pack a few packages just to like to satisfy the urge. But in general, I want to make sure that my time is allocated in tasks that are going to see a bigger return in my business. And that looks different for everybody. For some people, maybe is lashing, but for some people, maybe is teaching and managing other lash artists in a salon, so that you know there's more out. Need more return on your output. That's good advice. It's difficult advice to actually take, but it's good advice. I feel like a lot of stylists out there, they're like, "Oh, hiring is so hard," and it is hard because you could hire someone, you have the theory down, but then you don't get the right fit in, and yeah, that can be really difficult. Do you have any tips on how to find like a good person to work with or to build a good company culture, even if you only have like one or two employees? Yeah, I do. This answer, if you asked me like three years ago, would have been so different than my answer now. Well, not like super different. I think I just add on to it, right? Three、yeah. years ago, Cheryl would have been like, you know, know what your value is in your company and the organization that you want to run, and then find people who share those values with you. And that would have just been that simple. Because at the time, I didn't have any experience. I haven't gone through this rounds and rounds of like, you know, letting go of people, bringing new people on board. Um, so I spoke from ambition and like this, like ideal. That was like I idealized what it means to build a team. So I just thought if I had really good culture, really good value, then I would be able to cultivate the team that I wanted. And that is still true. But I want to add to that is that now when you hire, you definitely put value first, right? If the person doesn't align with your value, no matter how talented they are, it's going to be a toxic environment. And toxic environment, it's gonna lead to burnout. It's gonna no amount of money. It's gonna make it worth it. I can tell you from personal experience, from friends' experience. So value is still the first thing. But also, don't be an idealist like I was in the beginning and think that value is everything. You still need to look at like the quote unquote resume. You want to hire people who have experience in doing what they do. I have been a big believer. And in the beginning, have been a big advocate of natural talent and potential 
because I maybe it was just from a place of imposter syndrome for myself because everything I do is self-taught, right? So I thought if I can learn this and I can do this, everyone else that I see potential in could do this. But I actually think that being an entrepreneur, especially in the business that we're in, you don't have a ton of room to make human capital errors. And it's very costly to entrepreneurs that doesn't have a ton of resources. So since our resources are so limited, we really need to be intentional with the people that we bring on. So aligning the value is just a North Star for you. But having that experience, they ha- them having the experience that you need them to have to do their job well, it's just as important. I used to neglect that and like learn from my mistake. And I think that now they are hand in hand together. When you once you and that may mean that you would take a lot longer to find the right team, find the right people to work with. But I guarantee you that by the time you find that person, which they do exist, you're gonna have a much better time and smooth sailing from there than because there's no fun in hiring the wrong people and then getting no work done or have to undo all the work they've done. So Emery and I. <laughs> No, what I'm talking about. So yes, I, I totally understand from like the salon perspective, my experiences with UA and just throughout a lot of different positions I've had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think this is to help you guys, especially those kind-hearted, ambitious entrepreneur out there. Like, let me help you skip a step in your experience of bringing in people that just feel so aligned in values, but completely misaligned in the objective that you wanted to accomplish in the team or in the company. You know, you said something once before, and it was hire people who are smarter than you. And I know it doesn't mean exactly 100% quite that, but can we hear from you? What does that mean? And also, how do you put your ego aside to hire people who know a lot about something that you don't? Yeah, hiring people smarter than me has always been one of my hiring model, I guess. Is that what they call? Yeah. And the reason why is because I am a generalist. Being a generalist means that I'm not a specialist in one area. And if anyone who just have the same amount of information and knowledge as I do about a topic or even less than I do about a topic, that just means that they don't have a lot of depth in that area of expertise. And when it comes to execution, you need depth. When it comes to vision and strategy, you need with. But when it comes to executing, you need depth and you need experience. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I hire people who are smarter than me, because they should know more than me. They should, like, I can say that, like, I have a pretty good grasp of Facebook ads. So when I hire someone who do a Facebook ad, I want them to come with strategy. I want them to come with, like, everything and have a lot more experience than I do. How you put your ego aside was your second part of the question. It's all about like your intention, right? I do know it's challenging being an entrepreneur that our identity is attached to our business a lot. And I'm even going to go on a limb to say that most entrepreneurs out there is charging the world with something to prove, right? Like we want to prove we're capable, we're worthy, we're lovable, we're smart, we're intelligent, all of these things. So it is that's the work that you have to do when it comes to entrepreneurship. I've always thought that entrepreneurship is a self-discovery journey. And one of the biggest things you discover is where does your ego lie? It's like what you said. And I think wherever your ego lies, it's where you, you have to go and do the work. Because if you find it hard to hire someone who is smarter than you, maybe that's where you need to sit with yourself and ask, what is it hard about it? What does that say about me when I hire someone who's smarter than me? And by asking those questions, you get a deeper understanding of who you are. You get a deeper understanding of what some of your maybe personal triggers are. And at the end of the day, if you like, I'm not a person to tell you to remove emotions from business. I think business is an emotional amplifier. It actually amplifies everything in your like, you know, emotion because you're constantly being faced with challenge, conflict, and victories, right? Like you're on this like human roller, human emotion roller coaster, essentially, constantly. So I think the better thing to ask yourself is like, as these emotion arises, it's giving yourself more clarity on who you are 
And so when it comes to hiring people, I think a lot of the people that people struggle with when it, hiring someone smarter than them, it's what it says about them. What is that inner narrative that you're telling yourself if you hire someone who's smarter than you and you feel bad? Does it mean that you're not good enough? Does it mean that you're not worthy of your business? Like all of these things, once you understand and question yourself and then just do the work and kind of unlearning those negative narratives. And then you're going to build the most kick-ass team of everyone who's smarter than you, everyone who's better than you, but still being led by you. At the end of the day, it's still your vision and your company. And all it is, is that like, at least how I look at it is that you now have I guess, the ability to provide a platform for everyone to shine, yourself included. In business, for a really long time, I think that I saw it as a zero-sum game. You know, like I think a lot of people do that, right? If I win, I mean, if someone win, then I lose. That's what a zero-sum game is. But a lot of the time, if we switch our perspective to look at it, business doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. It could be a win-win game where if I build a bigger company and a bigger platform, hire smarter people who makes my business better. And then we all just make more money and we all feel better and we all make better impact. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a zero sum game. Yeah, I hope that that helps our listener who is kind of struggling with that a little bit themselves. Oh, I think it definitely will. It's a really, really good answer, Cheryl. It's kind of hard that ego gets into play. It's like, no, I don't want to say someone's smarter than me. That was a really good point. I think this is a really good moment of reflection for all the listeners. So pause here if you need to, because I'm about to jump us a whole different direction on the episode. Let's do it. (laughs) Pause here. Let it sink in like I need to, but I got to keep moving. So here we go. I actually want to jump over to talking about UA over the last year. As you know, we've worked so much to learn as much as we could about sustainability, our community, And just really thinking about sustainability in a whole different way, not only in the kindness to the earth and to our supply chain, making sure that they're not exploiting workers, but from sustainability in your own businesses to all the stylists. So for example, you know, using quality products and then also helping you build your business so that it is sustainable. While we've been doing all that, we have been working with the stylist community to develop that innovation pillar of the brand. And it's in a way that is pretty unique, I would say. And what I love is that we built it really alongside the community. I keep going back to that because it is unique. It is a whole different thing that I've not quite seen before. And we're innovating based off of what the clients kind of need and what's going to work best in their situation versus just what you and I like, which oftentimes aligns really well with what the community likes. But I have to say, it's been a very fulfilling year for me, even though, like you mentioned earlier, it was kind of a hardship, a little difficulty of a time when I came in. It's still been an amazing journey and I love every moment of it. How are you feeling though, knowing that all of this work we've been putting in, all of the struggles that have come up, the setbacks, the this, the that, how do you feel knowing all of that, the vision, everything is about to come to life? I feel like a fraud for saying what I'm about to say because I've never served before, but I'm going to assume if you are a server, right, the bigger the wave, the more epic of a session that you're going to have in serving, right? Sorry, that's Avery babbling. Can you hear her? Mm -hmm, Just slightly, but she's a guest, so it's cool. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. She has something to say too, that's why. (laughs) And servers out there, if I'm saying this wrong, then, you know, just ignore what I said. But (laughs) I think that, but what I'm trying to say here is that the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. It's kind of like that, right? It hasn't been easy, but I really do feel like, at least for myself, the reason why I keep supporting this mission and I keep going is because I feel like at the end of the line, when we do get what we want, it would be all worth it instead of giving in to mediocre quality, to get mediocre process and to not listening to our customer, which is the most important thing. If you're selling a product, you're selling a service, you have to listen to your customers. It's call product market fit, right? The technical term in business, but just fundamentally, you have to understand that you have to give people what they want. So I'm really, really glad that, you know, we're kind of like sticking through. It has been rough. It has been rough to 
constantly receive bad news. It's been rough when you have a vision of certain things, how it should pan out. And then when others don't see that vision because of cultural difference, because of business ethic difference and all of that. But nonetheless, resilience is what carried us through. Yeah, I'm super excited because the whole new system of innovation that we came up with, well, really you came up with, just makes so much sense. You know, it's one that ties back into all the value that we believe in, which is sustainability, kindness, you know, it's innovative, it's, you know, fun because the packagings are so beautiful. So um, beautiful. Like, so beautiful. I still remember that day when we had the original packaging and then we were, because Amory and I aren't, we don't live in the same city. So we have to do a lot of our meeting over like Zoom calls and stuff. And I just remember being on there and editing like in real time of what that packaging looked like and adding that pop of color. You guys gonna know what we're talking about when it comes out, but adding that <laughs> pop of color and both of us just like, oh, this that was is it. it. This yeah. is it. Like we had a lot, actually, we had a lot of the like, this is it moment together. Like just spending a lot of time kind of tweaking playing with things until we hit the aha moment, right? We talked a lot about gut feelings and I'm really glad that you and I, like our guts are in sync, you know? <laughs> and when they're not, we always pause. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's just stop. Let's think about it. Let's like, it's a good sign sometimes. We're like, wait a minute, what's happening? So obviously we're super, super excited because the packaging just ties into how awesome the product is and just, oh, there's so much work that went into this. What do you hope the stylist community takes away from our newest launches? Yes, launches with an ES. What do I hope that they take away is that I hope that they see how quality these products are and that, you know, they're truly designed with them in mind and that we have thought it through from every aspect of the product so that they can get the most out of the product where it really assists them in succeeding in their craftsmanship and in their business, in the ways they think about inventory, in the way they think about their artistry, giving them the flexibility and the varieties to achieve what it is that they needed to achieve. And then at the end of the day, have their business to be as fulfilling as possible for them. It's like a really long way of coming around of saying like, you know, we care about sustainability so that your business can be sustainable. Like we, that's how far we think about the term sustainability. I love that. I completely agree. I'm really excited to see how all of these products can further transform all these stylist businesses and careers. Like it's, it's going to be nuts. I know. I have a really good feeling about it. I'm very, very excited for everyone. Now, we are recording this episode right before LashCon, and it's coming out right after LashCon. So we are planning to do a first look of these products at the Lash Conference, and I'm really excited about that. And so by the time this episode airs, people are going to have started to see these products. They're going to see them on the stories, too. And, you know, some people are receiving them a bit early, too, you know, so... I'm really excited about that. Can I ask you something though? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I want to circle back to this from earlier when I was like, I'm going to ask you later. I didn't forget. I kind of want to hear about your journey over the last three years with Lash Trays, like the new ones we're putting out. It's a whole new comprehensive system. It's 99.5% recyclable and can actually biodegrade safely as well. So we've really come a long way, but I remember at one point you did do a recall And you reached out and you were like, I'm just not so sure. And I was like, I'm still able to use these trays, but you knew that you needed to make the recall. Take us through that journey. No, last tray is going to be the bane of my life. Like I honestly, like this is like my advice for anyone who's thinking about starting a lash brand. Don't. Kidding. (laughs) Kidding, but not kidding. Like, you know. Trays are hard. They are so difficult to have them. To get lash trays are so easy. They are diamond dozen everywhere. There's tons of manufacturers reaching out to you every single day in your DM. Probably if you're listening this and you've been in the industry for just more than a year, you would know that you're constantly being bombarded by manufacturer telling you that they create trays and they do a good job and all of that. But when it comes down to creating a comprehensive line that meets the quality standard and the consistency batch to batch, it's an extremely difficult act. It's like 
juggling knives. It's probably harder than juggling knives. And I think that my experience has been more than a roller coaster, or maybe a roller coaster with a lot of drops and not a lot of high points <laughs> until now. But in the beginning, when I have first launched the products, they were the most beautiful fiber. They were the fiber that, like you know, most people say they've never seen such luxurious fiber in the industry. But unfortunately, the usability wasn't very. I guess what's the word for it? Not every artist can use it because the strip wasn't that sticky. So because the strip not being super sticky, you know, I know that strip doesn't always have to be really sticky because it is a preference thing, right? There's you never want to go on the extreme of either size being too sticky or not sticky at all. But this is like not sticky at all. You couldn't make a fan on the strip at all. So although I am a person who fan on the sticky dot and I don't fan on the strip, I had considered that a lot of artists do fan on the strip. So knowing that, I think that I have felt like I've let down all the artists who do fan on the strip. So we did a recall for artists who fans on the strip, you know, and we also discounted the products for the lash lash artists. Who don't fan on the strip, and to them it's like a deal, right? They're getting these amazing lashes at a discounted price, and it works in the style that they work in. But being the brand that we are, I really wanted our products to be inclusive. It means that every artist can use, and I just felt very disappointed that it wasn't the case. And then since then, we went on a roller coaster of finding different manufacturers. We've tried multiple manufacturers, and it's always inconsistent in a sense. It's like inconsistent from batch to batch, and there was just some inherent business ethic differences in maybe the Western culture and the Eastern culture, and we were just never able to really get on the same page. So, because of that reason, this is something that people don't know. But in the back end, we had to reject many products. We had to. Just get rid of many products, which I feel terrible about because of the waste that I produce. But then they were just not at all usable that I couldn't sell it at all. So we've, in a sense, like probably spent like I don't know, close to a hundred thousand dollar in inventory that just never got sold because it didn't meet the standard. Switching manufacturers are extremely expensive, just like how lash artists switching brands, right, can be very costly. If it's not done properly, which is why in our new system we have introduced a way of letting artists switching their entire product line at a much costly way than any company has ever thought of before.、Um, so you can buy these lash trays now in a system, like in a like a bulk package, so that you are able to switch out all of your lashes to the consistency that you want, sticking to one brand. Without wasting a lot of money and without costing a lot of resources, so that's something that we have introduced with this new line of lashes as well. But we have now finally arrived at a point where I can say, like you know, we're happy with the product now. We're happy with the fiber. We're happy with the consistency. We're happy with also the way that we're conducting business. One of the thing that UA does that I believe it's a little bit more unique than other brands is that we implement many now many steps of quality control between the manufacturer to us that most brands I can say do not have. Right. Just hypothetically, because I don't want to talk too much about like the industry, like the inner working of like our business, right? But just imagine if. You know, your regular lash brand would have two steps of quality control. We triple that. So just knowing that we have put in our own money and resources to implement a lot of quality control steps, just to make sure that the product does remain consistent. So yeah, like this has been a long time coming, and the hardest thing to do, I think, is to say no when it doesn't meet our standards. Say no when it gets so close. It's like you can almost like turn a blind eye on certain things, or like a lot of artists try the products. They're like, "I love it," but we wanted to make sure that it really meets our standards and not to compromise on that. That was one of the hardest thing to do because who wouldn't want to make our customer happy by stocking their inventory and then also us making money, right? So, but having that grit to say no, 
we set a bar here. We will not settle for anything less. That's been a really tough journey, and I'm glad that we stuck it out, and it's all working out now. Yes, I'm really excited for the launch. I'm nervous too. You can work really hard on something that you're really proud of, and you know has all these quality control checks, all these cool things happening. But ooh, it's it's a lot. Once it finally like happens, I think I'm gonna like have a little bit of shock. <laughs> you're gonna call me, and I'm just gonna be like staring <laughs> like off in the distance because it's finally here. I really like that you mentioned that, you know, you do have to say no at times. And, you know, stylists, if you think about it, you're thinking of what brand you're buying from often, and you want to align yourself with brands that do good, typically, right? And it's the same thing with manufacturing. You really have to take that time to understand the manufacturer. And that process is timely, expensive, really diving into that is not easy either. So I'm really proud of like where we're at with everything. I can't wait to get it all out. It's been so much fun developing with the stylist community. So again, UA is just breaking the mold and doing what is like, what makes sense. And I think being able to challenge that status quo and say like, and say that we're going to do things that make sense and not what everyone else does. That's actually really exciting to me. It's super exciting to me too, because this whole approach is extremely different. And I have a suspicion that in the upcoming years, it may become more common. But right now, nope. I think that's really also interesting is when you are trying to be innovative in business practices, products you're launching. And this is completely relatable to stylists too. You might be innovating the way you offer your service or how you're showing up in your area. Sometimes it's, it's difficult. That journey is very difficult. And then once it becomes more common, it's a lot easier because everyone is kind of doing it. There's more things that are out there already for you to see or to do. But true innovation is extremely hard. It comes from a good place of passion and that idea can be so strong and exciting, but actually getting in there and implementing it. Oh man. (laughs) Sometimes an idea is also too early for its industry too. That's a really good point. I see that happen often in just the entire world, (laughs) a bunch of different industries. Things come out that I'm like, oh, that's really kind of cool. Or you look back and you're like, oh, someone started that so many years ago, but it didn't make sense. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, all the ideas that we are so familiar with, Uber, Netflix, Instacart, like all of these ideas has been introduced way before it became prevalent. But we, ins- when you introduce it at the wrong time, the industry is just not ready for it. The world is not ready for it. I still remember me being like, you know, a huge, huge advocate for pre-made fans. And at the time, I was the person who's like leading this like narrative that pre-made fan is the future. And I've gotten a lot of hate also for that as well. And then now, if you look at it, every single brand you know, has a pre-made, you know, and every single brand is going through that direction. And that by no means had replaced handmade fans. Like this is one of the things that brands or artists have always been really scared of, right? Is that like, what does that mean for me now that I have all the skills that I've paid thousands of dollars for to acquire? Or what does it mean for my brand now I have thousands of dollars of inventory and lashes? It didn't. It actually just expanded our industry and made it bigger and made it higher quality works across the boards. Well, speaking of pre-mates, that's also a long journey that we have embarked on. UA was a brand who came out with probably, I can say, hands down the best pre-mates the industry has ever seen at the time that it came out with, right? And then we ran into manufacturing issue. We ran into supply chain issue, which the entire world was experiencing. And then since then, we were never really happy with the subsequent batches that we received until recently no because i maybe this is like my ego talking this is the part where i have to go home tonight journal a little bit about reflect a little bit about why does this matter to me so much blah 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 i'll do that a little later but i'll (laughs) say what i have to say now is that it feels almost wrong for us to put out a product that doesn't meet our standard when we were a leader in this category you know so now that for us to be ready to come back into the arena come back to reintroduce the pre-mates that we are going to introduce. I feel so proud that we're able to come back and, you know, provide our lash artists with the quality of products that I want to provide them with. 
after saying no so 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 many times. I'm super super excited about that because I'm still on that train. I'm still on the pre-made is the future. Like you、Me、know,、too. it's just the beginning of this explosion of pre-made that we're seeing now. Like we haven't even got to like the peak of it yet. So I'm really excited for UA to kind of like I said come back into the arena. Of pre-made and show you guys like some of this great quality products that we can provide. And of course, it's not just great quality pre-made; it's a whole different system to think about you, the stylist, right? So less waste—that's always a beautiful thing with this beauty industry being incredibly wasteful. But also, we're thinking about less waste of money. So, with that said, this new system is very cost-effective too, and. Totally innovative. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, because that's also the biggest pushback on pre-made, right? It's yes, cost. Even though I've broken down to people about how, like, if you really think about it, the cost, like, if you consider all of the variable in there, your time takes to do the、uh, service, quality of service, prices that you can actually charge, all of this, considering pre-made, we're still at par, if not like cheaper, in terms of inventory. But we've taken it to the next level with this new system that it would be even more cost-effective for artists, so that you have no reason to not at least introduce some of this into your service. So, Cheryl, what else can stylists expect to see at this launch? Do we want to tease anything more? Yeah, I think at this launch, as you saying earlier, it's not just a launch; it's launches with the ES. There are a few things that I'm personally really excited about. Some of my favorite tweezers are getting a bit of a facelift. So those of you who love UA tweezers, you will probably love these ones even more. And you know, these are slightly different than the ones that we currently have in terms of pickup. It's again going into solving the problem that most artists experience. Less experienced artists will find that sometimes tweezers pickup is not as easy to make the fan that they want to make. So we are introducing micro grips for our tweezers, which is such a great way to actually make tweezer easier to use. If you haven't tried one, you should definitely try it because honestly, it makes a huge difference. And especially if you're a new artist listening to this, I highly recommend you to go and give micro grip a try first. It might actually. Make the journey of learning volume a little bit less discouraging because I know that it can be very discouraging. I myself have experienced this for like two months, like not knowing how to pick up a fan at all. At the end of the day, was my tool that was garbage. <laughs> so、oh, no. yeah, it was like when I showed Leah like all my tools, and she's like, "Ooh, those are really bad tweezers." And then I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> why." <laughs> So we're introducing a couple of micro grip tweezers for some of our favorite tweezers. Personal favorite tweezer is down to fan and pitch perfect. So if you've been eyeing those for a while, you know you can try the micro grip ones, or if you just want to add this to your toolkit as well. Because I've always been a big advocate of having multiple tweezers on hand because. Tweezers. The more tweezers you have on hand, when it comes to lashing, you can a switch out like your tweezer quickly in a pinch if your tweezer isn't working, and then also you give yourself a little bit more time between sanitization, and you get to wear down your tweezer a little slower as well, especially if you have a favorite pair of tweezers. So there's that, and then we also are just completing our line a little bit more. We are adding a few items to complete our line. So that it could really be this comprehensive store that you can go to to you know stock all of your inventory and know that you're stocking inventory from manufacturers who are ethical, using materials are sustainable, so that we can do that part of heavy lifting for you. Then you can operate your business with this conscience, knowing that you're being kind to the earth. Beautifully said, Cheryl.、Uh, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today. Again, I can't thank you enough, and congratulations on three years at UA. Like this is incredible, especially when we think three years started right before the pandemic. It's wild, such a journey. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? What I want to leave with our listener today is that it's something I say all the time. So I'm just gonna say it again: is that to be uniquely you. You chose to be in this industry because you wanted the freedom. You chose to be in this industry because you wanted to be creative. You chose 
to be in this industry for whatever reason that you chose to be in this industry. Don't forget that reason. And so the only way for you to succeed and live authentically is to be uniquely you. This industry will always throw a lot of blueprints at you and tell you how you should operate as a business owner, as a lash artist. So I hope that you know you can drown out those noises and just continue being uniquely you. That's all for this episode of Untamed. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at untamedartistry.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, as your study buddy, we are always here for you. Don't hesitate to send us a DM at untamed.artistry. 